All right, I'm going to call Amazon and see if they can give me some pointers on fly selection. Thank you for contacting Amazon. We're experiencing longer than normal wait times. We're sorry about this. All right, now let's try Drift Outfitters Fly Shop in Toronto. Hey, Chris, it's Mitch from SoFly. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm just calling to ask about uh, some steelhead flies. Oh, yeah, what do you need to know? Drift Outfitters and Fly Shop at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto is your friendly, supportive, local shop that is far from being just a shop. It's our community fly fishing hub right here in Ontario, a province filled with opportunities to catch all kinds of different fish. And who best to ask about those opportunities, techniques, and appropriate gear choices than the awesome crew down at Drift Outfitters. Drift has been our go-to since they opened. They're packed with gear, flies, rods, clothing, and more to get you out on the water having fun. They're not a store, they're friends. Friends with all the best advice. So if you're just getting into fly fishing or have been doing it for decades, Drift Outfitters should be part of your life. Visit them online at driftoutfitters.com or in-store at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto. Well, welcome to another episode of So Fly. Wow, 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 wow. Oh my God. Wow, wow, wow. So dumb. So much energy. Um, my name is oh, Jesus. My light just fell. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> my name is Mitch. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see me fixing my light. Um, and of course, we've got Aldo here. Hey, everybody. And we got another episode for you today. Tuning in. Uh, God forbid. And uh, it's going to, well, it's going to be a good one because we've got a very interesting guest on the show today. Mm. Um, a very exciting, well-traveled angler who's mm. very well-traveled, who spends, oh, yeah. uh, you know, weeks, months at a time in some of the most amazing fishing destinations around the world, uh, Emily Rogers. So she's going to be on the show. Um, but before we get into the show with Emily, why don't we talk about some stuff going on this month? Because this is march now yeah so obviously if you're listening to this it's march 1st we're (laughs) recording this little intro on february 27th it's uh 12 degrees celsius and thunderstorming and that's so weird eh? so uh that's so bizarre i was like sitting here at my desk with my window wide open february and i hear big thunder i'm like what the hell it's kind of awesome but i mean also like not when you think about why it's happening but anyways yeah um but yeah maybe let's uh you know we'll kick it off uh you know with the again a little bit of a not a crazy new format but a little bit of a new format but uh yeah let's go to the community calendar um for us super exciting there's a, in two weeks there's going to be the a very fly fishy weekend here in, in uh, toronto and southern ontario everybody um for us personally on the 16th of march we're going to be at the filson store here in toronto which is on queen street west and we're going to be doing a live podcast and our guest is going to be Fred Campbell of uh, Hook A. Of course, he's the founder of Hook A. And, um, you know, I think if anybody, especially us Canadians, um, you know, saw their content years ago and it's awesome that they're still around and it's kind of cool that we're still around too. And um, Fred's actually in town um, for the uh, Outdoor Sportsman Show uh, that weekend in, in, in Mississauga. But he's going to be at the Filson store with us. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, recording a live p- episode. A live episode. So 6 p.m. Right if you want to come, is doors. Uh, you know those. Uh, you know it's not the biggest store in the world. It probably fit about thirty people. But uh, you know we're gonna be doing a live show, so you can watch us record and interview Fred. And uh, there's gonna be drinks and snacks. And during the day, up until six o'clock, when the store is open, our good pal Tim is going to be tattooing some awesome tattoos on people. Uh, and the proceeds are gonna go to clean water charities like the Ontario River Alliance, which is awesome. Then the following day is going to be the IF4. Drift is hosting the IF4 at the Review Cinema on Roncesvalles. And Fred Campbell has a film with Hook A in that IF4 screening. So we're going to, we're going to be interviewing Fred all about that movie the night before so you can meet the filmmaker before watching the, the film. And um, Fred's going to be at the Sportsman Show as well uh, at the Yeti booth. Um, so if you're at the show, Go check them out because uh, Hookies, they're pretty cool dudes and, and uh, you know, he's super friendly and you can chat his ear off about Hook and Atlantic Salmon. <laughs> yeah, and at the Filson live recording too, we'll probably have some prizes and stuff we'll give away, right? If people come out, you could win prizes during the show. Ah, uh, correct. Yes, um, it is a yeah. raffle. There's going to be a raffle. Yeah. You make so a donation, come, you get a raffle ticket. Come donate, get a raffle ticket, and we'll uh, maybe give you some, maybe you can win some prizes. You know, you, you know we're raffling off. You know what the grand prize is, Mitch? What's the grand prize? It's one of your favorite rods. A new high drift boat. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine that'd be sick. Uh, no, it's a Reddington Wrangler Trout XL Woo! kit. So nice. like, yeah, a heavier weight setup for uh, chucking streamers for trout. Sick. There we go. So come on out Feb 16th, uh, the Saturday, or sorry, March 16th, the Saturday, 6 p.m. is the live recording. Yep. And uh, the very next come, day. Come is... all day. We're going to get a tattoo from Tim. Next day, I have four drift. Boom, boom, bam, bam. Boom, boom, bam, bam. It's going to be a really fishy weekend. Um. If you're in London and you are in the as part of the London Fly Club, we're going to be at your meeting <laughs> on March sixth. Oh. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, some of our favorite rods and setups for different uh, species here in uh, Southern Ontario. If you're not a member of the Fly Club, you can join or you can go to a meeting to see if it's something you want to be a part of. And honestly, it's a great group of people, and they do a lot of conservation work and they do a lot of fish meetups uh, in the London and London area. So I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, and they're only going to be doing more stuff because uh, they've been reaching out to us a bunch. So they're trying to be more active in the community. And there we're stoked. We did a we did a talk with them last year. And it's cool that we're already back with them not that long after. So yeah, if, if you're going to be there, that's that's cool. That's cool. March 6th. There you go. That's, that's really all I got, Mitch. You got anything else? No, I think that's kind of all the news for this month. Uh, obviously, it's your birthday coming up. <laughs> yep june right around the corner um so is yours september right around the corner <laughs> oh uh, actually i do... do have one more sorry oh. sorry oh what were you gonna say mitch no, no oh, i was gonna say uh matt martin of smooth river uh guiding would like us to mention that smooth river academy is back everybody uh that is the one day oh your light fell again i gotta get something <laughs> for that next episode <laughs> um the where was oh, i lord yes yeah smooth river or smooth river academy is matt's back for another uh another class schools in session again right you can nice how buddy to fly fish with smooth river academy what's the deets that. behind that one um so uh the 
way it worked last year, and I believe it's yeah. the same this year, is that there's a there's two sessions. There's a morning session and an afternoon session. There's a more beginner intro style uh, yep. session to fly fishing where you go over knots, you go over gear, you go over presenting, you know, the cast and presenting to 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 fish. It's going to be um, on the Grand River, but if you just go to smoothriver.ca or Smooth River Guiding Co. Smooth River Guiding, sorry, on Instagram, uh, you'll be able to, uh, you know, find all the deets, which is great. Um, uh, yeah, it was a cool uh, last year. Yeah, you year. were there last year, hey, Mitch? Yeah, it was great. There was It was like right on the river, good instructors, obviously. Um, you know, I think uh, Chris was there from Drift last year and Matt, obviously. I know Nick's also uh, helped teach as well. And these, the, you know, these fellows are quite the anglers. They're pretty dialed. I mean, like when it comes to learning how to fly fish you basically can't ask for better instructors they're very good teachers but also you know crazy knowledgeable about fly fishing you know <laughs> so it's like it's good it's really good that you've got access to people like that you know in ontario if you're if you're in ontario um so go and take advantage of it because uh because you're gonna learn a ton from definitely like I said really fishy people yeah so june 8th in Alora, uh go to smooth river guiding on instagram or smoothriver.ca to sign up again intro in the morning no experience or gear required no. Um, the afternoon class though is a uh, intermediate technique. So maybe people that already have their gear and, or maybe need a tune up, um, you know, bring the gear that you fish with, uh, cause then you can maybe learn a little bit more about how to use it effectively. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, and of course spring is, uh, right around the corner, you know, um, obviously we set the clocks back, um, in a couple weeks, which is really exciting clocks forward, I suppose, spring forward, spring ahead. So we're, we're springing get, forward, brother. We're going to get an hour <laughs> more of daylight, technically, which is pretty sweet. Um, and that also means fishing's coming up. So, you know, uh, obviously, we're going to talk more about uh, some of the stuff we've got coming up in April. But yeah, we already know Sotos is right around the corner. So just get ready for that, too. <laughs> April Sotos 19th. Sotos 3. Yeah. But anyways, more on all that stuff to come. Uh, let's hop into uh, the show today with Emily Roger. Um, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Emily's, uh, like we said, very um, well-traveled angler. Uh, Fe fellow and, Canadian. Uh, fellow Canadian and uh, an athlete, um, has some really cool stories and is a very interesting person. So enjoy the show and uh, yeah, take it away. Us, I guess. <laughs> Emily us. Roger, right after these words. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Chums. You've heard of these guys. They make those killer straps that keep your sunglasses on your head and out of the water. Chums tells us the technical term is eyewear retainers, but whatever you call them, they're a must-have for any angler. For more than four decades, Chums has been making quality outdoor goods designed to help you hang on to the gear you value most. They got their start in southern Utah back in 83 when a guide on the Colorado River invented their now famous original cotton eyewear retainer. Fast forward to today and Chums still makes a ton of products in its original factory in Utah. But these days they offer a lot more than just straps for your sunglasses. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products including wallets, roll top dry bags, dry sacks for your phone and much more. We wouldn't dream of heading out into the water without our Chums gear. They've saved countless pairs of sunglasses over the years. Head to chums.com to check out their full lineup of outdoor accessories and use code SOFLY for 15% off your next order. That's code S-O-F-L-Y for 15% off at chums.com. Code SOFLY at chums.com. Uh, 
Emily Roger is a former elite athlete turned certified executive coach, a public speaker, passionate fly fisher, podcast host, and co-founder of a youth leadership program called On the Rise. Wow, that is a lot of stuff. Uh, Emily's love for adventure is an integral part of who she is, closely entwined with her profound appreciation for life's untamed beauty and unpredictability. For Emily, fly fishing is not only a recreational activity, but has become a way of life. Fly fishing has taken her all over the planet, from the clear waters of Patagonia to the saltwater flats of Belize. Uh, and it isn't just about catching fish. It's about the whole experience. As an accomplished angler with infectious energy and enthusiasm, Emily hosts trips to various lodges throughout the world, sharing her deep appreciation for the art of fly fishing and creating unforgettable experience for her clients. But today she's on SoFly. Emily, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy we're finally all connected. Yeah. I, yeah. Long time coming. Yeah, for long real. Long time yeah. coming, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean... I don't, you know, for anybody listening who knows, we're all fellow Canadians. And the, for those of you who don't, we're all fellow Canadians. Emily, where are you calling from today? I am home in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Right on. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. How's the, uh, it, how's the winter? How's the winter going out there? Is it crazy? It's, uh, it's, it's winter. It's, it's yeah. cold. It's snowy. <laughs> yeah. It's freezing rain. And, um, but it's winter is very short lived for me. So I can't complain about it while I am here. I, uh, am just home for a couple of weeks now and just kind of hunker down at home in my office and, um, and work and see family and friends and then try and enjoy a little bit of winter activity until it is time to pack my bags and head to the airport again. So yes, very wild, very hectic. Uh, you know, like you, you do so many different things. I mean, just in that intro alone, it's like, I don't know how, uh, how you find the energy to do all of these things and still go and catch crazy fish around the world. <laughs> Yeah, well, and with that, it's I think that everything that I do gives me energy and everything that I do fills my bucket and my my work, my life, I mean, my work, my life, everything is just kind of intertwined together. And um, it just is, I've kind of crafted it to be so me that it just it, it feels natural. It feels comfortable. I don't feel like I get run down. I am very careful in um what I can take on and what I can't and kind of setting those boundaries um, within myself and what I can say yes to, because I want to say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, this, this season of my life of just being very focused on, on like all of the above that you just stated, which when kind of you recite it back, it's like, oh yeah, that is a lot. And then I'm thinking, gosh, <laughs> and there's even more on my schedule that I do than just that. <laughs> but- yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, like you, you take one quick glance at uh, you know your website uh, at uh, emilyrogers.com. <laughs> um, and it's just crazy. Like, I mean, it's you know the coaching, the speaking, but then of course you get into and the podcast and whatnot. But then of course, hard not to for us anyway get gravi- you know gravitate towards all your hosted trips and man, there aren't a, lot, a whole lot of places you don't go: Argentina, yeah. Belize, Bolivia. Um, Brazil. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 I just got back from Africa and yeah, I'm home now for yeah a couple of weeks. Then I leave next week for Argentina for four weeks and then home for a couple and then Belize and then home for one and then Cuba. And then it's just like, it just, it just goes from there. And, um, but it, uh, yeah, it's interesting too. Even even that thing of like how I have, um, yeah, just kind of find ways of making everything work. And, and so I know for me that after a 
even like a week long trip at a lodge, I like to book two nights in a hotel because I'm like, I just want to book coaching calls with my clients and I just want to dive right into that. And it gives me time to kind of unwind from my trip, settle into work. I can work from wherever I am. Like even prior to COVID, I've been working um, remotely and and working a lot of virtual stuff. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, my home office can sometimes be the Air Canada Lounge. It can sometimes be a hotel. It can sometimes be a lodge. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool, uh, cool lifestyle, you know, and um, definitely one we want to jump into and and talk about in terms of like, um, you know, fly fishing trips. And I think today, like, we first want to definitely get a sense of like how you kind of got into fly fishing, you know, and like how that began for you, um, how it became such a big part of your life. And then, and then all the one I just want to like zero in on Africa. Cause like that is a recent trip. One that we are like, man, that is so cool. Um, and I know a lot of people probably feel the same way. Cause it's just such a epic I mean, thing, you know, scrolling your Instagram, you know, come up on my feet all pretty, pretty often. And, and just seeing all these nighttime pics of these insane fish I've never seen before. So yeah, we thought we'd maybe, dive into Africa a bit. But yeah, before that, yeah, maybe let's get into a little bit about how you even got into fly fishing or how that came into your life. Because, I mean, you lead a pretty sporting life with cycling and, and an outdoor life. So just interesting, interested to, to hear with where the fly fishing journey began. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the outdoors has always kind of been a part of my life of like being a, even being a kid and spending time at the cottage and by a little creek by um, my house and always really captivated by fish and the whole just life cycle of fish and just learning about them. And I just always had a real appreciation for that. And um, that kind of like that excitement around like hunting for them. Like I wanted to be yeah. out looking for them. And that's, a, that's a thought that always kind of stuck with me. And then it really wasn't until once I started getting into cycling and after, um, the first accident that I had, which I feel like is very common <laughs> knowledge. Now I've talked about it so much on different platforms, but, um, in 2013 was cycling and hit by a car and airlifted to a trauma hospital and critical wow. condition with, um, a brain injury and multiple broken bones and kind of shattered the left side of my face. And, um, through my recovery from that, I, I went back into bike racing and bike racing at the elite level and really rising up in that sport really fast, but um, really suffering with a brain injury that at the time I was very much in denial of um, and also suffering with PTSD from, you know, surviving Mm -hmm. a accident that um, very easily could have taken my life. And so with that like high paced cadence of just cycling and racing and pushing my body and everything else, like I knew that, um, that I was just kind of burning myself out and that almost, I was like running from something. Um, and so, yeah, the thought of, the thought of fishing came to my mind one day I would spend my recovery days. I was living in Arizona at the time and would spend my recovery days up in Sedona, uh, which is oh, a very cool. relaxing place and by a little Creek that was there. And I started noticing the trout and those, and <laughs> even just noticing those trout brought back memories as a kid and how captivated I was by them. And, um, and then, yeah, that's where the idea of fly fishing came because I saw a sign that it was fly fish only, and I didn't even know what fly fishing was. And so I looked up fly fishing guides, um, and how to go about it. And, at that time, like, I mean, for me, that was like kind of before social media that I didn't know it was a thing that people 
did. And, and for the first couple of years that I was fishing, I mean, the majority of my fishing trips, probably 90% of them was just solo on my own, um, occasionally going out with a guide, but just kind of figuring things out. And I would bring um, fly rods with me to different bike races that I was oh, going awesome. to. And my teammates and other cyclists would be like, Emily, like, what are you doing? Like, we just race bikes. We don't do anything else but that. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of how it started. Yeah, no, that's wild that, you know, it began as, as the way it did, but then later on in life became sort of, um, you know, almost like a recovery tool, right? Like something that you used almost as a, a way to kind of start feeling better on, on your healing journey as well. You know, like it's cool that fly fishing had the ability to do that for you. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, in fly fishing, we are so focused on what's going on below the surface. Mm -hmm. And mm. if we, and, and just how often, and so even for me, kind of during my time of, of learning about fly fishing and, and learning about fish, it's like, gosh, like I, I need to pay attention to what's going on below the surface. Like what's actually happening for those fish? Like what's the habitat? What are the structures down there? What are the systems down there? And then kind of mm -hmm. within that, it's that self-reflection and then asking myself the same question. Mm -hmm. Right. And so yeah, if I'm good. wanting to understand a fish so well, then I also, I'm the one trying to catch the fish. I need to have that self-awareness and understand myself also. And so it was kind of through that process and through many days and weeks and months and years being on the water that it just kind of made me even more comfortable with myself to start digging a little deeper into who I was and what I was going through, um, what things I needed to still work through, choices I was making, how I wanted to be living my life. And um, yeah, it mm -hmm. opened up this whole new world of exploration, um, both in fishing, but I think ultimately within myself. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so, sorry, just I don't mean to get this two back into cycling, but were you, so were you racing and competing while you were still like kind of in physical recovery as well? Like kind of pushing through the, that pain? Oh yeah. 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 My oh, wow. entire time racing, I was, um, going through surgeries. Um, yeah, throughout all of it. Like I, I actually just had my last surgery from that accident, uh, two and a half months ago. Wow. Um, wow. yeah. And so I would, I would like go and have jaw surgery, go and have bone grafts and be out training a couple of days later. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's wild. I can't even imagine. I mean, I mean, it's also, I can, like you said earlier, like it was kind of a difficult thing for you to accept a, eh? like the, the accident itself and, and almost coming to terms with some of those injuries. For sure. And, and I think that like, I was so concerned then with being, um, I didn't want to come across like I was a victim of anything. And, right. um, and so I didn't want to feel portrayed that way. And it's, again, it's this thing of kind of going below the surface and like, I didn't want somebody asking me how I was doing cause I don't like to lie. And so I didn't want to answer that question. And so mm -hmm. if people just saw Emily as someone who was racing and winning all these races and traveling the world, getting invited to race for these different teams and everything else, and people didn't ask me how I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah in those ways, it, in, in a lot of ways, like the bike, I mean, I loved it and was had had right reasons for doing it. Um, but in many ways, kind of was using it a tool as a tool to help me get through like extremely challenging times in my life. Yeah. Well, it's cool. It's like, you know, how serendipitous was that, that your kind of recovery journey 
took you to Sedona to, a, of all things, a fly fishing only section of a creek. Yeah. And then you kind of found that, kind of found that and, um, you know, and then that led off on a, that's, that sped you off on a whole different, uh, a whole different path, which is really cool. Yeah. 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 And, and Arizona. Me, um, wow. Yeah. Arizona is incredible. It's a beautiful incredible. place yeah, to I learn how to fly fish. <laughs> seven, almost eight years there. Um, but it's this thing too about like just being curious and like, ultimately it's because I was curious about these fish that I saw. And so it's, it's one thing to be curious, but then it's another thing to actually act on it. And so if I mm -hmm. hadn't have acted on it, if I hadn't have picked up that call, if I hadn't have just like gone and done it, then yeah, I don't know. I mean, my life might not be where it is today. Um, but how many things maybe in life that like we are curious about that we don't act upon? Yeah, we almost just like don't say yes to these opportunities that like kind of come in front of us, right? Like, like you say with seeing the fish for, for example, and being curious about them and, and saying yes to like, you know, going further with that. That's a good mm -hmm. point. Yeah. It's like yeah. sometimes we can get in our way more than, uh, than anybody else or anything on any, any of outlying, I don't know, source, <laughs> I guess yeah. if you will. Okay. So you learn if, you know, you, you're in Arizona, you, pick up this passion. Did you take that back to New Brunswick? Cause obviously as a, most Canadians know, what an awesome place to go fishing. <laughs> I did. Yeah. 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 So I would salmon fish. Um, yeah. Those first couple of years. Well, those first few years, I was not home in New Brunswick much cause I was away right. racing everywhere. Oh, um, right, right. Mm -hmm. so yeah, like even then, like I was fishing like in Italy. I was fishing in France. I was fishing. It's so like, cool. <laughs> New well, Mexico, like so many different places because like, yeah. gosh, like I would be racing and, and like would see these like streams and think like, oh, that's where I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's funny, like in a way of traveling, you know, we uh, the topic of like home waters always comes up, you know, in our, in a, you know, well, what's your home water? Or like, these were my home waters or whatever. In a way, like traveling, you know, comes later on in a fly fishing life, if you will, but maybe your home waters already were the world. Yeah. Like when people say of like, oh, what's your like main species of fish? Or like, they'll say like, yeah. oh, you're going on a trout trip. Like you're a salmon girl or you're a saltwater girl. And I'm actually, and I'm like, I'm not in anything. <laughs> like, so in cycling, <laughs> yeah. in cycling, I was a like they they would they would call me like an all arounder. Like I was really good. Like I won world championships in time trial and road racing. Like did I could sprint? Like not the best, but a team would bring me on because I was so well rounded in all of these aspects. And um, yeah, I kind of feel like it's the same with fishing. It's like not one species of fish is my specialty by any means, but it's like, okay, what can I take from one and then apply it to the other and things like that. So when people say like, okay, you're going on a, on a trout trip. Now you're going to have to like, forget about the strip set. It's like, I, I don't even, my brain doesn't even go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like kind of rote memory now because it's like approaching like a hill or a sprint. You're like, you know what to do. You don't, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like muscle, muscle memory, memory. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, watch me say this in next week in Argentina. I strip set on my first trail, <laughs> <laughs> just like pummel this poor thing's face, <laughs> just like, rip it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's not a bull shark. Shit, a tarp, Oops. a tarpon strike. Just yeah, like, <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, awesome. no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. How did so? How did the hosting trips come about then? Like, how'd you get into hosting trips? 
They came just um, so initially, like all of my travels, I would just go and go on my own. And I love that. Like I've always traveled solo um, and uh, and then would meet different people at different lodges. And then they would say, like, where are you going next? We want to come. We want to join you. Um, And so, yeah, it was it was never anything that like I pursued or put out there. It was just people saying that they wanted to be at a lodge with me again. Um, And so now have like a really wonderful core group of people that they're just like, where are we going next? Where are you going? We're coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. I find that, um, you know, even with the kind of more like remote destinations, like Brazil or Bolivia or but even with that it's like gosh everything is so accessible that it's right, like I yeah. don't even know what remote means anymore yeah like um, people build it up in their heads almost as like wow it's so far off but but then you do it and it's like actually that was kind of yeah, easy it's actually to get quite to. easy to get to yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wild. yeah the world yeah, has become more mu- pretty accessible yeah or the modern world I guess oh yeah <laughs> so accessible yeah but I, I think that um you know certain people like they want to they want to make sure that they're going to be with a good group when they're away at a lodge and, and a good dynamic and um, people that they enjoy being around, people who have been there before so they kind of know what to expect. And um, yeah, and and I, I think that where, I mean, I have had the ability and just the privilege to go to so many places that when I do host a group back to a place, then the people are like, okay, it's got to be, it's got to be good if Emily is going to um, go back and and bring people and stuff like that. So um, yeah, like this year, probably 25% of my trips will be hosted um, and then the rest just solo. Cool. Well, it looks like most of them, I'm like on your, on your website right now, it looks like most of them are kind of booked. <laughs> they are. They, but, and but, Boliv- like, but Bolivia's Bolivia's open if anybody listening to this so, wants to go. And only because that just opened two days ago. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. High wow. in yeah. demand. <laughs> no, the, the other ones, like they were booked before I even left the lodges of the places that I were at. Of, of people seeing social media stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, like when are you going back? We want to go. Um, right. And then, uh, yeah, so actually um, a, a friend of mine who you guys know as well, Alexi Peugeot, he's going to, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to co-host a group together on that new week awesome. in Bolivia. Yeah, that just That's opened cool. and he's going to do some photography lessons and stuff like that when we're there oh, as well. Super and cool. then um, That's I'm there the following week hosting another group. But yeah, that one is fully booked. That's really, really super cool. cool. Um, before I move on to Africa here, um, uh, I just had a thought because I, I, I go on a friend's hosted trip, uh, Kayla Lockhart, to go on one of her trips every year and um, and it's so, so fun, you know, how much like, you know, you seem to have so many repeat clients, how much of it is like them looking for, like just someone who's curating kind of like, if let's say the fishing is assumed to be amazing, right? Like mm-hmm. no matter where you're going, if it's Belize or Argentina or whatever, we're going to assume that the fishing's amazing and that's why you're going there. How much of it is people looking for your, not, maybe not so your ability to fish, but maybe more so to curate like a great experience because Obviously, I know Kayla Lockhart can fish and outfishes pretty much everybody on those trips. But like, that's not why I'm going on the trip. I'm going to because I know she knows how to, like you said, curate a good group and you know, kind of put together a good time. Accommodate everything in. 
You know, yeah. like how much of it is fishing expertise versus just like hosting ability? I think it's hosting ability. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, um, the, the fishing experts, those are the guides that are there. For sure. No matter yeah. how many times I go to a location, like it's the guides that are the experts on that. And like, man, kudos to them and bless their heart. Like guides do not get enough appreciation <laughs> for what they do. But I think as far work. as the hosted trips go that um, I, I do believe that it is the people want to go for the, they, they want to go because of that group experience and what is being curated and, and put together. Um, I will even have some of my, uh, my coaching clients for executive and leadership coaching, um, that they will want to come with me. And this, this thing of like, yeah, personalities and, yeah. and who are you going to share this incredible week with? Like, okay, you're going to go out and you're going to have like the most insane stellar day ever on the water. Are you going to go back and be around people who are stoked for you or people who are miserable because they didn't get a fish? Like, yeah. Right. Wow. Good point. Exactly, yeah. I've seen it happen. Oh, <laughs> or yeah, those bummer. days where you're like, okay, fishing slow. Like, Stuff yeah. happens. You're going to go back to the lodge. You're still going to have an incredible yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, from, again, I can only, I've only ever been on these hosted trips. So yeah, you know, like people, obviously you want to catch that permit, but like when people come back to the lodge and somebody's landed a permit, everyone's like, yeah, you know, high fives, margaritas and all that stuff. And it's, it's like a fun moment. Like who would ever be mad at somebody else catching a grave on amazing fish? You know, I don't know crazy no 100 crazy talk. hospitality you know it's like it's a big part of yep. it that's what makes a trip fun i mean it depends on the person i suppose but that's what i that's what i like in a trip yeah um okay why don't we jump over to africa which is a trip you did most recently right um mm -hmm. where where like what are the details with that with that trip where'd you go and for how long um yeah so i was in africa for five and a half weeks and um it all came up nice. pretty last minute. Like I booked it with uh, a little over a month and a half notice. I love oh, wow. things like that. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the opportunity came up to go over there. Africa is a place that I have honestly wanted to go to my whole entire life. Like when you say like, what is that one place you've dreamed of since go like of going like for me since a little girl, like it is Africa and, it, but for safari, not necessarily for fly fishing until yeah. I then started seeing and learning about fly fishing over there. So, um, yeah, I was over there and ended up inviting, um, a good friend of mine again, Alexi, because I said, listen, I'm going on this trip. And, um, I think that there's just some really incredible and impactful stories to share with this. So do you want to come over and document it and let's make a short film about it? So we were actually, um, producing a documentary while we were over there and we did, uh, almost two weeks in Botswana on safaris and then went to South Africa and then went to Lesotho to, to fish at the Mahangwa community camp for yellowfish and trout. And then went to West coast Gabon to Setakama um, to fish for, Oh my gosh, the most like incredible saltwater species. <laughs> oh no, jeez. Where do I even start? And yeah. then I continued on my own after that um, to do a gorilla trek in Gabon as well. And wow. um, yeah. 
So where do you, you want to go with it? What do you want to dive into? Yeah, that's I think that's a heck of a heck of a trip. We could definitely dive into like so much here. First of all, your safari videos were awesome. Thought those were yeah. super cool. Um, but maybe let's start with the freshwater stuff because um, you're saying you're going after after trout and yellowfish, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep, um, yeah, Lesotho is home to yellowfish, which uh, it's interesting. When I first looked them up, I was like, pretty sure that's a carp. Yeah, it's looking <laughs> very carp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they take a fly, like. That's cool. I like again these species of fish that are just so cool that um yeah it's wild like it, it, and they're like they're like bonefish yeah, <laughs> they're wild. strong they like okay. just like zing. um yeah and so Lesotho is like high up in the mountains I forget the elevation but like it's definitely like high up altitude that you are feeling it but it um I mean everything about that that the place and the community camp is phenomenal. And um, I'm really kind of like intentional with what lodges that I go to and wanting to just go to more and more lodges that really have community involvement. Like to me, that is just mm-hmm. really important of what impact mm-hmm. um, is fishing having on these areas. Um, and not just from like the fishing standpoint, but like, Conservation on fishing, but also conservation on community and conservation on culture. And so with that, Mahanko Community Camp is a is a camp that just like is they're at the they're at the top with that, along with so many other ones. Um and so just being able to be in the village and really be able to experience the whole culture and visit with so many locals and just it's like when I think of Africa, I'm going to rewind like five years ago. When Please. I think of Africa, I think like, well, the reason that held me back from going is because I was like, eh, it's probably not a safe place for me to go on my own. Where every everywhere else in the world I've gone to on my own, um, and that's not true. I've actually been to North Africa on my own, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so you get this perception about Africa and then start you know, researching it a little bit more and diving into things a little bit more. And it's like, wait a minute. No, that's like my perception is actually false. Um, and so, and so changing that, and I can honestly say that at this lodge in Lesotho, that's probably the most safe I have ever felt at a place before. And I could get up in the morning and go and trail run on my own and not worry about anything. And the locals were so friendly. Like it was, it's just a community built off of heart and compassion. And, um, and, and then, so, I mean, it's beautiful. It's mountainous. It's beautiful. The rivers are just crystal clear. And then Mm. you're sight fishing for these yellow fish. It, uh, yeah. Um, Highly recommend it. (laughs) Right. And Lesotho is like, is it, it's like, it almost looks like it's like a self-contained country within South Africa. Is that true? Yeah. It's like completely enclosed within South Africa. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, a little so circle inside, um, of South Africa, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mitch has been to Cape Town, but I've never been to Africa. So I'm, I, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's definitely a must before I, you know, I, I, I leave this earth, but, um, but that's cool. Like, so, okay. So you got up, so Break down the fishing. Crystal clear rivers. How are you fishing for these yellowfish? Like dry fly streamers. 
nymphs what are, what are they dry flies and dry flies and nymphs so oh cool we um wow. yeah we actually okay. <laughs> like dry flies a, that sounds awesome yeah 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 dry flies yep and so a bit of a cold front actually moved in when we were there which is atypical for the season and so the yellow fish they prefer to feed when it is warmer and um so they they much like myself don't really enjoy the colder temperatures um <laughs> So, yeah, they won't. They weren't as kind of uh, taking as prolific as we might have liked them to. But yeah, definitely got into lots on um, dries, on hopper patterns, some on nymphs. Um, yeah, cool. That's yeah. and then awesome. many of them too. that you're wow. casting to, and you're like, I see you, and I see you looking at my fly. <laughs> why won't you take it? <laughs> That's awesome. And it's like, I mean. The fish are really cool looking. Um, you know, like you said, very carp golden. You're like on like five, six weight kind of thing. Lighter, lighter, yeah, lighter ish tackle, five weight. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty the, with like five X, six X tippet and yeah. Oh, so very trouty in, yeah. in general. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so you do that for a bit and then you're like, Okay, it's time to go. You're are you working your way down further south after that? No, after that, we went back to Johannesburg and then flew mm. to Gabon from there. Okay. And yeah. So, I mean, just Africa is like, I could spend the next, I think, five years of my life just fishing across Africa. Like, I am obsessed with it right now. It's incredible. So many different fisheries and just like... So like, it, and just how kind of polar opposite both of those places were and all places that we went to of then, yeah, being at Lesotho and then going to Gabon where you are fly fishing like in the jungle, but in a safari. It's like there's elephants there. There's hippos Wild. there. There's like Yeah, that's crazy. Like as a destination fishing trip, like that's just so wild you know it's like such a massive adventure to be surrounded by yeah like things like elephants when you're like looking for fish you know it's crazy yeah I mean, how many authors filmmakers and writers yeah. in general have like gone to africa and never left you know <laughs> yeah. just for yeah. for that for that reason alone just because it's so inspiring okay so you get to gabon what are you what are you fishing for first so our first morning, uh, we so you fish the lagoons in the morning, and everything there is very like based on the tides. And I'm right. probably going to completely butcher my explanation of all of this. Afterwards, everyone's going to be fact checking, and they're like, eh, "This is the Emily Roger version." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's okay. So, we're like we're, we're we're pretty similar at SoFly here. <laughs> we're like, yeah, it's I think it has something to do with the tides and. <laughs> I'm like, I was catching Atlantic salmon in Gabon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlantic Ocean. Um, yeah. So in the morning, uh, get up early and fish the tides, fish in the lagoon. So you're fishing off of the skiffs and it's primarily for uh, long pin jack. So like literally within like a couple of minutes of me being out on the water, I see this little feeding frenzy, cast my fly and here I am hooked up to this fish. And although I think it's the one that you were commenting on of, oh my gosh, the size of that jack. And so it is like, it's one of those moments where you think like, oh my gosh, is this what the rest of my week is going to be like? Like right. that happened to me when I was in Bolivia on like my very first morning within the first few minutes landed this insane Dorado. And I'm like, is this normal? <laughs> like, well, 
it turned out that it was normal. And um, yeah, we just had like nonstop action on these long fin jacks and like Alexi and I just like doubling up. I mean, we were just laughing hysterically, having so much fun. And they'll take a popper, they take streamers. Wow. And then you fish to about nine o'clock in the morning and then go back, have breakfast, have a siesta, and then head back for the evening session to fish the outgoing tides again because all the bait fish are moving up. And so then we fished closer out, like uh, um, kind of closer out towards the ocean and uh, fishing along the beach. And then so it's like when the sun starts to go down, like all of these fish just come alive. Oh, and cool. um, yeah, like still getting jacks and snappers and um, threadfin and tarpon. Like you want to oh, talk wow. about big tarpon? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I would. I would love to talk about big tarpon. <laughs> oh my I don't, know, I don't think about, I don't even think about tarpon. Yeah, in that context, but like tarpon fishing in Africa, like, wow, what a what Like a wild... the largest tarpon in the world. Really, eh? Wow. Yeah, like 200-pound tarpon. Oh, my God. Just like, like hanging out. insane, insane. So there was like – so I never ended up landing one. And um, on so both times – and so you're fishing, yeah, like you're waiting from the shore in the pitch dark and you're just casting to like the sound of like where you think – Oh, wow. The, tra- the tarpener. Because you can yeah. hear them rolling and stuff like that. Oh, that's so cool. And so I made this one cast and it was the most subtle take. Like the most subtle take. And just that instinct to then like set it and just like this fish took off. And I was like, I do not know what it is. And then it jumped and then it ran like ran a, a, like way my gosh like probably like i'm not even exaggerating like 200 meters like immediately and i'm like running after it like reeling it in and then it just completely spools yeah. me and that oh, happens wow. like over and over like these fish <laughs> wow. are They're massive huge. yeah that's so wild to be fishing for them like in that kind of scenario too like waiting at night 200 pound tarpon africa and just everything about that is like kind of blowing like splitting Elephants my mind i'm like i don't even know where to you. start with hippopotamuses like... <laughs> in the water like yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy i mean like are, uh, you... are you sorry bitch go for it i just gonna ask are you scared of the hippopotamuses i was gonna like, say that... that's exactly what i was gonna say that's I'm exactly scared. what i was I'm, gonna say i'm scared no. of nature nature scares me but like no really no the only the only time i started to like think a little bit was after i got a bull shark <laughs> and yes. then okay. I was like, okay, so Not these things are, yep, they're real. They're here. And this is like a hundred times the size of me. Oh so you so landed was, this thing. What's that? Sorry. You, you landed the bull shark. Yeah. Yeah. Alexi and I, and the guide, it was a team effort. We all took like, like 15 minute intervals to get this, uh, yeah, this bull shark in. Um, insane. <laughs> were you try- were you trying to catch it? Like, did you spot yes. it? And you're okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah. yeah then I got we got to hear this. Wow. Story. Yeah. In the yeah, boat. Was- yeah. What's the yeah? What's the story behind this with behind the bull shark? So there was after we had like three really successful mornings of just getting so many jacks and so many fish, and then I'm like, can we catch a shark? <laughs> And the guy's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, sure. Yep, sure. <laughs> went out and did it. 
that's why like you guys just spotted this like how long was the how long was it again sir you said it was it was i don't know how long i mean it was way longer than me i can show you a photo of it um i mean that's already like much that's already pretty that's like a big shark so you guys just spot this thing in the water and how do you like make the how do you make the the cast like it was so the guide actually yeah. like made the cast and then okay. handed me the rod and then it yeah. was just like complete mayhem and uh yeah and after like 15 minutes i was like okay nope this is a team effort <laughs> yeah yeah i'm <laughs> landing this one as a team it's the one and only time i've ever passed to the rod and i have no shame in doing it this is a team effort because this is a yeah. one and done thing for all of us <laughs> yeah landing a bull shark yeah yeah for sure seems <laughs> crazy to me um yeah Oh, what a wild moment. Jeez. But then, so yeah, so after that, it was that night that we were out yeah. and I was waiting and I was like, oh, Ooh. yeah, it's like yeah. that one thing kind of touches your leg and you're like, wait, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> and then real. so, and so the guides, oh my gosh, the guides there, I mean, at all the lodges were so phenomenal. Um, but one of the guides in particular, Mike at Setakama, we, uh, he emotionally, he, he jokingly then called me his, uh, um my emotional support guide because i'd be like mike what's am i still okay standing in the water here like just you get in your head yeah oh, for real no of course. i mean I, I don't know how you can't yeah like did they just say like the hippos like not, you don't have to worry about them or like because like, i've always heard they're like kind of scary <laughs> well it's like yeah i mean any of that stuff like you stay away from it and you make yeah. smart choices it's like an elephant if you get super close right. to it yeah it'll charge you it's yeah. i mean so much of that stuff and the same thing goes for like bears yeah, yeah north american species and so even when people say like oh my gosh emily like you're going to africa you're going to brazil you're going to bolivia it's like well i mean we, there's stuff here that we shouldn't be really totally, like yeah. around like Kind of take your chance. I, feel, be, be I felt careful. safer on the beaches in Setakama fishing than like I wouldn't go and go out for a walk or run in my hometown in the evening by myself. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> like, a good point. that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, good point. <clears throat> um, uh, I'm cruising your. I'm just now. I'm just. I'm just like fully deep, deep creeping your Instagram. Um, <laughs> so uh, are these? There's a picture of you holding a uh, West African Kubera. Is that pronounced? Am I pronouncing There's, that right? Um, the the West African giant threadfin. So there is that, yeah. And then there is this like gnarly the, looking the red snapper, the cubera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Is that all in the same? That's all in the same place at Setakama. Yep. That is yep. so cool. Yep. So it's really like yeah, it's it's like a really multi-species, big time endeavor. How do you prep for something like that? Like or. Were you flying with a ton of gear or did, was it kind of arranged with the guides? It's like, okay, well, I can't fly with this much gear. Like, is there some stuff we can borrow? Or? Yeah. So there it was, yeah, for Africa, just because like just the logistics of everything. And when we were, sure. since we were traveling for so long and so much camera gear of just using totally. their gear that's yeah. there. Um, yeah. And I find so often for me, that's the, that's the way to do it at times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, yeah, like, I mean, when we're traveling, when it's like me and Mitch, even when we went to fucking Florida last year, we're like, we've got two, you know, we've got our personal bags and like two bag flags full of cameras and we haven't even started packing the fishing stuff yet. And it's yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> it's and we're lot. going for like four days. 
Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I always check in with the lodges ahead of time and say, like, even for fly selection of like, hey, do you want me to just buy them from you guys there right. or bring them? And um, because so often I find too, they can say, not they as in like the Africa, but like like certain destinations will say yeah. like, oh, bring this and this and this. And then you bring like what you think is exactly that. And they're like, oh, no, that's that's garbage. That's I'm like, but it's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. totally. I will say Lesotho, that was like one of the lodges that I actually like had tied some flies for and brought some flies that I had tied like previously. And I ended up using the majority of all the ones I brought. I was like, wow, this never happens unless it's like a salmon trip. Yeah. (laughs) So that feels good. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So from there you went and did the gorilla safari after that? I did. Yes. Yeah. Did I carried you see on. any gorillas? Like, did you yeah, I did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. A family of, um, yeah, family of, I think it was eight gorillas. Wow. So I went out, um, with a lady who's a, a researcher. She's part of a research team in Germany and she's based in Gabon with her and, um, two trackers. And we went out, we spent the morning just sitting in stillness watching this gorilla family it was incredible and um yeah definitely an experience that uh yeah I, I would recommend for people to do for sure i didn't take a ton of photos um when i was doing that I actually like didn't even bring a good camera on that with me um and and yeah, I just really wanted to be present. It's like how much we can kind of take away sometimes because we're trying to capture something versus mm-hmm. just like really being fully in the moment um, yeah. and just seeing it through your own eyes. A hundred percent. It's important to take those moments, right? Especially if you're there for five weeks doing so much shooting, it's like looking for those little windows where you can just kind of, you know, take it in and like allow yourself to just be present for that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 It's a wild trip. I mean, like there's so much to it because it's like five weeks, all these destinations. It's like, that's crazy. I mean, you talk about like the saltwater tarpon and, and you know, sight fishing for the freshwater in the freshwater uh, fisheries. But like what what are some of the most like what's maybe like one or two more super standout moments fishing wise from that trip um, that you take back that just are like, man, that was like so glad I had that moment. Mm, <laughs> or, so. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Aldo. No, no, no. I was going to say, or that maybe surprised you or something. Yeah. Um, I would say, so one of, one of the most memorable fish would be um, the the big snapper, the big Cubera Aldo that you just saw, which was like just massive. And hooked that. It took off. So I'm running down after it and my reel just kind of blows up (laughs) so there is no no drag (laughs) no nothing i'm like doing everything that you should not do because you know like okay i'm gonna break a thumb i'm gonna do this but you're like i'm landing this fish and like at one point i was even like I got the reel so that it could reel, but I had to, it was like reeling backwards. Like it was just oh, complete weird. mayhem. And then I'm like <laughs> running back on the beach to try and like pull it up and like 
was one of those moments. And then, yeah, Mike, the guide, like we were able to land it and we're both just like, what in the world? Like, how did that fish just get landed? One of those moments where like everything that can possibly goes wrong, goes wrong. Um, but then it turns out beautifully. So that was definitely a, um, a highlight moment. And I think even like what stands out the most, to be honest, um, and it may be like, it kind of sounds cliche because I'm all about the fish. Um, <laughs> but, but just some, just casting in the dark and yeah. having your, having, having your sight, that sense gone and how it just forces you. Like I just was so much even more present and aware and grounded. And, um, I think it actually made me like a much better angler that week because I had to really like focus and feel my cast and feel the rod loading and really feel like if, if I could feel it, a subtle take or whatever else, like when that, Mm. yeah, when that visual side, Oh, that's so interesting. Like that was just so fascinating to me. Right. Because, um, I imagine there were lights or like you had headlamps or something around, but I guess all that probably was off while you were fishing. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. I mean, like, what (laughs) what a crazy thing thinking about like standing on the beach on the coast of Africa, looking out into the Atlantic, you know, into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds unreal. It yeah. really, really, really is like it Surreal is. Even. It's a place that I will go back to like many, 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 many times over. And there's yeah. so many incredible fisheries over there. Like now, I want to go to Cameroon and go after the Nile perch, and I want to go for oh, yeah. tiger fish, and I oh, want to yeah. go like to Sudan and then the Seychelles. And it's yeah. like, oh yeah. gosh, this Africa like might have just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh. I mean, there's so much, like you're saying, like, yeah, like, sure, like, we don't necessarily think about it all the time, I suppose. Well, there's just so many places to go, but Africa, yeah, and Africa's, like, top of the list for us, too. Um, yeah, when, when was it, was it 2018, 2019? Yeah. Mitch and Yilmer were there for work, and they ended up going, taking one day and going fishing in the mountains for trout. But, yeah. man, when you two came back from that trip, it was, like, it was kind of a sim- similar, like, Emily, you were, like, leaping out of your camera. Like you're like the energy that you yeah. that you that you have while you're talking about this place. So, and I remember Mitch and Yilma being having a lot of that same energy, just being like, "This place is amazing. It's <clears throat> totally surreal." And like you know, it's like uh, you know, it, almost like mm-hmm. a paradigm shift for your own mind. It's like, yeah, because you know, you read about like even like Orvis trips or something. Like it's always about tiger fish or the Zambezi or whatever. But there's a big continent yeah. to go explore. Yeah. You know, huge, huge. Not taking anything yeah. away from the Zambezi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, and just like, again, of like how accessible it is and with, you know, with operations like African waters where the logistics, everything is taken care of for you. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And just, and just the comfort in that, like when you book through these lodges that, um, that you know that everything is taken care of for you and that like somebody has like your best interest all the time. Um, and yeah. for like, for safety, for logistics, for all of that kind of mm. stuff, it just, um, yeah, it's definitely world-class for sure. 
Yeah, that's cool. Because that's that's what I was curious about. Like, is it something that people like these these adventures you go on, and you go on a lot of wicked adventures and live quite an exciting life. Um, I think that you know people might look at it and be like, oh man, I wish I could do that. You know, like oh that's so cool. But it's like can can like you were saying earlier, it's like it's pretty accessible actually. Like although it seems so grandiose, it's like yeah, is it like can someone just go do this? Yeah. 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 Like if you have the time and, and the resources and the desire to do it, then it is very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. You know, like you just get on a plane and you end up someplace very wild and magical mm-hmm. and amazing, you know, it's like, Oh, hey, that wasn't that hard to do that, <laughs> to get there. You know, yeah. like you say, if you have the resources and whatnot, but, um, yeah, yeah, and like I left, I left Libreville on Christmas Eve, and I was home for Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Like, what a crazy change of, of pace, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. What was, like what, what was that moment like? Where you're just like, wait a minute, what? All of a sudden, you're at the dinner. <laughs> table. All of a sudden, you're at the dinner table. You're like, New Brunswick. You're like, wait a minute, Harpen, Harpen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like now, I just I, I feel like I feel like uh, it's kind of almost starting to feel normal. <laughs> Right, right. My life, <laughs> yeah. like, like my my nieces and my nephew. I mean, it's like the common question amongst my family is, "What country is Emily in this week?" Yeah, um, and so it is just kind of like, yeah, cool. one flow to the other. Very cool. It is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting hearing about you know. I think I already always assumed because you're from New Brunswick that you kind of fly fish your whole life, but it was kind of cool learning that you know what a unique way. You, you that that you kind of got into fly fishing you kind of got into fly fishing on the road which yeah. is like a pretty i i i would have to think uncommon story i mean i certainly hear a lot of stories especially like yeah, maybe for women, if they got involved with it because they had a boyfriend that did it or their dad did it or like mm. a male figure who did it or um, became a part of a group or a circle of friends where, yeah, for me, like it really was just me. And um, and I think that's the, that thing too. And like what I just really appreciate that because for anything that like I really enjoy, it's taking those moments to step back and say like, okay, why am I doing this? And, you know, mm. just last week I was giving a um, – uh, doing a, a speaking thing with um, an elementary school. And it's around like, okay, let's explore your passions and interests. And like, what is it that you do really love about it? And uh, because sometimes like we can do things because other people are doing them. And then it's like, you get that moment to think like, okay, well, wait a minute. Like, what is it that I do really like about this? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know, yeah, for me, it is like, no, I love to fly fish and I, I love, like, I love, I love the hunting of it. Like, I love that. Like, I mean, I love hunting as well. And it is, it's that like searching for fish and like, and I think this thing too of, um, what I've really love is getting into a new activity, which same as for cycling. I didn't start racing until I was 28 years old. I got my first bike at the age of 27 and, um, and then for fly fishing, like, gosh, probably nine years ago. So when I was 31, but it's this thing of like, what other skill sets do I have in my life that I've learned from other things that I can apply to whether it's cycling or to fly fishing to make it be something that is enjoyable, that I can be proficient at. And, um, that it's just such a good way for us to be able to get to learn about ourselves, but that like, we have to take the time to, um, be able to kind of think those things through. It's like, you know, why, why do some people like just completely like 
lose it when they see a tailing permit when they've been super calm right. and they just like they can't perform they can't make the t- they can't make the, the cast you know yeah, yeah. and uh, just being able to learn those things I like for me for me being able to learn those things like about my about myself and and how I show up and how I am in certain moments like it's just been such a cool process yeah it's 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 funny it's interesting how fly fishing can be a conduit to so many different aspects of our life you know I know like it's like uh, you know, like you say, just like learning about yourself and fly fishing. Like, I don't know. Once you stop and really think about what fly fishing does, you know, it, I mean, I guess this is why we say it's kind of more than fishing when you're really into it. You know, I suppose like anything, but that's you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And just the fact that like fishing <laughs> has taken me and just so many of us to places that otherwise like I never would have gone there. Mm hmm. Totally. You know, it's like even this last trip to Bolivia and like taking helicopters into like different rivers every day. And it's like people like unless you're here to fly fish, you're not seeing these river systems. No. And the same as Gabon or Lesotho. Like I couldn't imagine. I mean, maybe Gabon. Yeah. If I was going on a gorilla trek, that would be a destination. But to mm-hmm. go to a place like Mahanga Community Camp, like it's, yeah, it's fly fishing that brings you there. Although that is a destination that like for non-anglers still go to because the hiking, be cool. the horseback riding, the I mean, everything just right. is just like yeah. such a destination, such a cool destination. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But just, just. That's yeah, the cool, cool thing about fly fishing is even in your backyard, it can take you to those in-between spaces that you maybe wouldn't have visited anyway. Like, I mean, Mitch, you were in Tokyo. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, when you hopped on that boat to go fish for sea bass, I don't think a lot of people have seen that version of Tokyo, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's pretty yeah, cool. It takes you, yeah, it takes, it takes you to really, really cool places. some interesting places. I mean, this might be like the answer to one of the next questions because we do have five more questions right now that we ask every single guest um in the show emily and uh i feel like this is this is one of them but maybe we'll ask you them now and we'll see um they're the same same old thing you can just answer them normal pace it's not buzzer beat or anything like that but the first question is what is your favorite fish and why if you had to pick a favorite which is a i I think you're probably one of the most like the people on the show most excited to hear this answer because you've caught so many species of fish but what would be your number one Somebody asked me that the other day and I refused to answer it. <laughs> You're, it's back. It's back. <laughs> do you want to do the, you could, you could do fre- fresh and salt. <laughs> oh gosh. Like, Makes it a little bit I easier. I really don't have an answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really don't. Um, oh gosh. I, I, I would, can I do kind of like a tie right now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, of course. So right now I'm just really on, uh, I've got tarpon on my mind (laughs) because I just lost a couple of big ones. And, um, so like tarpon, Dorado and Atlantic salmon are kind of like all in this little lump sum for me. What a cool crew. Yeah. What a trio. Yeah. <laughs> like Dorado and Tarpon, I mean, just those like aggressive takes. They're all acrobatic. They're going to put on a show. They're going to give me a run for my money. Um, <laughs> but but then I also really, really love just the really technical fishing. And that's why I love permit fishing. It's like when the, and when everything just needs to just, I mean, with all of it, everything just needs to align. But it is like I, I want that accurate cast. I want that one shot 
I want to get snubbed. I want to get rejected if it's not what they want. I want to feel all the emotions that come with it, with that. Um, and uh, yeah, I always say too, like my favorite fish is going to be the next one that I catch. So <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I like that. <laughs> I can dig that. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great answer. I mean, that definitely. And how can you not like Atlantic salmon? I mean, come on. Very cool. Pretty what special. A, what, yeah. a, what a special species that is. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I love them because to me, like endurance salmon are just like the ultimate endurance athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And so just the stamina that those fish have, like what they have to go through in their life cycle, like it, uh, yeah, as an endurance athlete myself, it's like, I, I've got uh, major respect for that fish. Yeah. That's You're cool. still cycling, right? Recreationally, not racing. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But I still, yeah, it, uh, so I, I mostly am running now, trail running, just because it's mm. uh, more conducive to being on the road and for traveling and stuff like that. But in the summer here, yeah, definitely still still riding. And as long as I'm moving right now and staying in, staying in shape so that I can say yes and do whatever opportunity comes my way, that I'm happy. Totally. Yeah. Love that. Um, okay, number two, uh, Mitch's Fishes 5, is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, assuming it's like the best fishing ever where would you go well i'm gonna say argentina because i'm going there next week <laughs> that's a good answer right? hey well have fun <laughs> what? Um, what about I'm, it yeah i'm really um yeah seychelles is high on my list right now too for That'd sure yeah. Yeah. And and I really love the warmth and where it's a little cold right now. I could I could I would be okay. I would be okay in the Seychelles right now. Yeah, I feel yeah, it. Yeah, us too, I think. I feel on that one. Yeah, I'm feeling uh okay. Number three is what is your best fishing memory? Best fishing memory or one of your best or favorite fishing memories of all time. Hmm. Doesn't necessarily have to be a fish you caught. No. It could just be a standout moment. Um Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. My best <laughs> fishing memory was, so we were filming the documentary, <clears throat> Cadence, which is one of the documentaries that was filmed on me. And um, so we had filmed it in Arizona for a couple of weeks, and then we were filming on the Restigouche River um, in cool. New Brunswick and had five days of filming. And on the fifth day of filming, I had not hooked into like no fish had even been seen. And it was like that late May. So it was just when the big fish are coming in and they are few and far between. Um, but those are the ones that I love to go after. It is the uh, quality over quantity. And um, on the second day, I was out in the canoe with the guide and with one of the cameramen. And we were at this pool called Warden's Pool. And so there's this old Warden's Camp to the right. And then the interprovincial train bridge kind of in the front um, that you see and, and connecting, it connects the New Brunswick side to the Quebec side. And at one point the train goes across and it blows its horn. And I look back at James, the camera guide, and I said, this is the most picturesque moment to hook a salmon. And I'm like, this is when, like, I want for this film, I'm like, I want to get the salmon in this pool. I want the train to be going across so that was that. Talked about that. That was the end of it. And this is all on camera. So day five, 
the rest of the camera crew kind of show up that day because we were doing more filming stuff. And um, we were down at that same pool and a, a good friend of mine, Monica, and also client at the time, she was in the boat with me and she was doing a pass through this pool and then we were going to continue on and then I was like ah oh, just let's take one more drop and I'm going to I'm going to put a fly through here and just fish over where she had just fished and so James same cameraman was in the boat with me and in the exact same spot and I make a cast and as I make a cast the train goes across and it blows its horn and I jokingly just kind of looked back at James and I said there's my cue and the second I said that salmon took and i what? landed a 32 pound salmon oh, it's so 32 32 pounds, pounds. and Lord. like that was one of those moments and it was just like did that actually just happen like that, and i think that like if it wasn't on camera i would have been like wait a minute did like i just make up that i said that did we yeah. just make up the first time like three days yeah. ago that i said that this was the most like yeah so That's that would be wild. one of my most memorable moments wow you like Great. called you called it. Called the shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's wild. That's, that's really crazy. Cool. Um, oh, the rest of Goosh. That's, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. 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 Five months away. Five months away from my first day on the I, rest of Goosh. <laughs> I want to get, I want to get Mitchie in. If you don't know Mitch, Mitch is all about swinging flies, <laughs> I love dry it. lines, and uh, just like <laughs> you got it, you got to do the Atlantic salmon thing. Oh, yes. no, You'd I love it so much. Atlantic, yeah, yeah, Sick. yeah. It'd be super especially, cool. Especially those early fish. <laughs> yeah, because they're just so fiery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One day. Um, okay, number four, Mitch's fishies five is why do you fly fish? So this is kind of harping back to what we were talking about earlier but why why do you keep going out there and what what keeps you going back i think that i mean for me fly fishing is ultimately ultimately it's about connection and it's it's trying to connect with the fish at the end of your fly line but even more so than that it keeps me connected to community it keeps me connected to culture it keeps me connected to conservation and it keeps me connected to myself um and uh and and this constant kind of living in anticipation. Like when we're fly fishing, we're constantly anticipating and hoping for that next best thing. And I think that if we can kind of take that hope and that presence um, that we have when we're on the water fishing and bring that into all aspects of our lives, um, then I just think that the world would be a better place. Yeah, that's great. I yeah, love that's, that. Yeah. Wow, that's a great connection. I, th I think what I, you know, we're, we started kind of the show with was like talking about like, I guess introspection with like intent because I mean, you know, it's not uncommon if people talk about like, you know, Oh, when I'm in the river, I, I think about a lot of things and maybe I th reflect on my own life. And, and it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, maybe not, not in not so generalistic terms about like, yeah, I think about, you know, what it is that you think about while, while you are fishing and how that does reconnect with your, with your own being. I think it's interesting. It's very poignant. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I say that sometimes too. And then I'm like, but what do I, you know, now it's got me thinking like, well, what do I mean by that really? When I'm on the river, like thinking about my own life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, around this thing of like, um, just how we show up and how, you know, we can get frustrated that like a fish isn't taking our fly, but like, what are the other variables in that? And 
we are a major variable in that. And then taking that and like, okay, so if something else isn't going on, like it's like, okay, if, if we're like fishing for a trout and see that they're feeding and we throw whatever fly at them, they don't want it. So we do another fly. They don't want that. And then we kind of change position. They don't want that. And then, so maybe we let the pool rest and then we come back. It's like, we do all these things, but like, you know, it's like you could be in your job. <clears throat> you could be in a relationship dealing with someone and how often we try and solve the same problem the exact same way over and over and over again and just get frustrated. <laughs> and we're yeah. so unaware of how we are showing up, how our how our actions are causing certain reactions or not. And so even, even yeah, those are things that I think about um, just when I am on the water of, of ultimately like in fishing, we want to have something. And if we want to have something, then let's break that back a little bit. And what do we need to do in order to have that? Well, we may need to make a good cast. We need to be in the right spot. We need to, all this kind of stuff. And then if we break that down even more of how do we need to be and how do we need to be showing up within ourselves? So yeah, it's that person of like, okay, you see a tailing permit. Are you going to completely fold? Yeah. yeah or are yeah. you going to be able to stay present to then make, to make the cast, happen. which is the do, presenting the fly to then get the have, which is the fish. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good way of thinking about it. It's really, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Cool. So might, might have gone too deep there. So no, 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 no. I was just thinking about take, that. I was gonna take it. I was like, I was like, I was like half thinking, and then also trying to crack a joke about next time me and Mitch get in an argument, we just need to let the pool rest. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Just let the pool rest, baby. Just let the pool rest. You know. Just let. Like, <laughs> Sleep. Rest. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, number five, and the last of the Mitchie's Fishies five is if you were a fly pattern, what would you be? What fly represents you best and why? Oh, what would I be? <laughs> I feel like this is a question that like you ask somebody that knows me really well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. Maybe one maybe one day we're gonna compile all of these specifically into a into like a coffee table book, but yeah. yeah, it's always interesting hearing. I, what I feel like think I would. I feel like I would be a like a magog smelt. Oh, that's Whoa. so good. Uh, cool. That's yeah. definitely a first. A yeah, magog definitely. smelt, good one. one. It's like it's colorful. It's got vibrance. It's got some class. It's got like yeah, and gets the job done. It gets the job done. That's great. And that's a great, that's a great answer. Yeah. We've never heard that <laughs> it gets one. That's the job. I love done. it. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, uh, oh my God, that's a great fly. Very good. Very good fly. I do you know, um, pretty, you know, salmon-y. Yeah. 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 It's, worked, it's worked for me. I love it. Um, Emily, that's, that's it for the show. I mean, that's everything. Uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking. I feel like we'd, we'd love to have you on again, just to talk about a different place in the world, because there's so many things we can talk about. Yeah. Um, big time. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been swell for well, sure. It's cool to, ch cool to chat about Africa because I f really it's, I think this is just like the second time we've done that. And the first time was, well, your trip, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. now, you know, there's so much to talk about with Africa. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be a whole other potentially a whole other thing that we can do. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And any, are we still recording that this goes on or is this just us talk? Yeah, no, no, this is like, I was just about to say, this is your, your, you know, the, the just before we sign off, like what, how could people, could find, people you? find you? Shameless you? plug oh, time. Gotcha. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, are yeah, we still yeah. recording? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Where can people find me? Yeah. On, uh, on Instagram, um, E Roger, R O D G E R on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on my website, Emily, E M I L Y S R O D G E R.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, the World Wide web is, it's a small place and reach <laughs> out. I always say too, it's like, you know, again, it's like this thing about connection. I think the fly fishing community is so wonderful. So many communities are so wonderful. And sometimes people can feel like, oh, somebody is too busy or they don't have time or they, whatever else, like, yeah, if people want to know questions about a, a destination or about me or about just anything, like I always encourage people to reach out. This is how you, this is how we all got connected yeah. and absolutely um, yeah 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 awesome thank you guys okay. no course, thank yeah, you thanks thank for your you. time i'm i know you're busy so this is yeah. you know much appreciated much appreciated yeah likewise and any destination i'm always open to chat about it i love to share my adventures awesome all right well we'll definitely do that again one day awesome well there we go that's uh, another interesting interview with a very interesting person what do you think of that one all well, it makes me want to go to Africa. I mean, I already yeah. did when you two went to South Africa and came back. And, you know, Mitch, you've been gushing about it ever since. And now I think that was like, what, seven years ago now? Six, seven years ago? Yeah. 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 So it's also like the tarpon thing I didn't think about in Africa, woo! you know, like uh, and um, like the shore, like the mouth of um, that river, like having, you know, tarpon that size coming in there. I didn't know it was like a tarpon destination, but I mean, why wouldn't it be? I suppose. It's, uh, sounds some of the biggest awesome. tarpon in the sounds, world. Sounds friggin' awesome. Yeah. Sounds friggin' awesome. Yeah. Um, saltwater fishing in Africa. And of course, right. right now, uh, you know, we recorded that interview, you know, a few weeks ago and, uh, she, uh, Emily was talking about going down to, um, Argentina, which is where she is right now. Um, she's there you can like watch it on her instagram we've been following along since and she's just like fishing like crazy every day it's pretty cool <laughs> it is pretty cool and uh yeah she's like catching banging trout and dorado and stuff it's yeah. like it's, it's awesome and then very cool you know i think she's uh gearing up to head to belize soon so i mean like wow what a life but like honestly what a very cool what a what a you know what a traumatic accident she she had to overcome and, yeah uh you know so you know that's what? wild you know if she if she gets to fish for bang and fish the rest of her life it's great that's that's awesome very strong <laughs> very strong-willed person um yeah she was cool it was awesome to get a chat to her and super nice as well so emily thanks for coming on the show because uh it was cool to meet you finally it's been obviously a long time coming um it's, yeah we've been circling around each other's uh yeah you know uh communities i guess you could say yeah so hopefully we can do some more stuff in the future together because uh, yeah, you're super cool. Uh, but anyways, hopefully you all at home enjoyed uh, that show. And um, yeah, go follow Emily on Instagram and just be absolutely mind blown by the incredible fish she's catching. I'm looking at her page right now. Just scrolling through. <laughs> Man, the fish she goes, fish she gets are just wild. Um, but I know, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's a rainy February day. Mm -hmm. Um. I guess we could we could probably go fishing soon yeah we could it was, i thought we were supposed to get a ton of rain like in the forecast i was worried about like some of the rivers maybe blowing out but um I know maybe after Ottawa this blow was. you know yeah exactly a nice little nice little push rooney um yeah. of rain i know like ottawa i was supposed to get like a ton of rain oh uh, yeah damn 16 degrees in ottawa tomorrow what 
That's crazy. I know some of our pals have been on the rivers and, and slamming it. Uh, some some awesome fishies. Yeah, uh, it's almost like the spring steelhead uh, fish is, is like a, bit, a little bit early this year. I mean, certainly feels that way just because it's so springy outside. But yeah, I've been seeing lots of steelhead pictures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a few sections of some rivers open. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're... I'm curious to, I mean, I'm curious to, like, see how this warm year may affect, like, when they actually spawn. Like, I wonder if they're going to, like, I wonder if come opener at the, you know, closer to the end of April, if there's going to be any left in the systems. Because yeah. if there's all this rain and all this warmth, they might just be like, oh, fuck it. Let's just do it now and get back to the lake and party. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If the water tips, I guess it's all just water temp based right like if the yep. temps get up to a certain i mean it's still pretty cold at night that's the thing so i don't i don't know like um, no man well. 12 degrees <laughs> well yeah during the day right it's crazy yeah. tomorrow's 12 during the day it's crazy for february but anyway um yeah i mean and you know hopefully we keep getting lots of rain and stuff like that just so that the rivers aren't super low to start off the year you know like credit kind of needs like at least the credit the river we fish a lot talk about a lot on the show needs you know, good amount of snow and rain to yeah. help make sure it's not like starting point really low. I mean, like pretty much every lake and river. Same with Buckshot, even you know, like Buckshot needs that needs that snow melt, needs that rain because it could be. Uh, you know, I remember fishing last June when I went to Alberta, and the rivers there too. Same thing, like they didn't get as much snow that year, and the rivers were like crazy low at opener. You know, it's right? Fre- it's freaky, like the impact that. Uh, climate change has on that kind of thing too just like affects the whole year the whole year of you know ecosystem on water bodies totally yes uh yeah i mean yeah those western rivers they really rely on snowpack you know so um oh my god yeah uh you know it's it's yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how our lives shape up over the yeah course of our lives <laughs> that was so ineloquent it's, well you know it's wonder what our lives are gonna look like uh, over the course of our lives <laughs> over here <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's gonna be interesting yeah but uh we'll see you know yeah. um you know yeah but anyway we well, should definitely get out and go fishing stuff. right now hell yeah get the raft out yeah big time yeah in that's for sure way. uh i see like um, a little sticker there on your fly box um the the loons the tunes that uh tim did there of course tim yeah. bossinger uh angler here in southern ontario tattoo artist february march i keep saying february march 16th phil said he's doing tattoos those are sweet, but also you can get his stickers and stuff, right? Like he does prints and stuff as well. Yeah, there's going to be prints and stuff. And like if you, there's going to be just raffle tickets for sale for five bucks. But uh, if you buy stickers or get a tattoo, that's going to enter you in the draw as well. That's really so, tootin'. As long as you do some sort of purchasing yeah. surrounding our event, then you'll, you might win a, a, a new flyer set, rod setup, rod and reel setup. Absolutely rootin' tootin'. <laughs> Is there anything else to talk about here? I guess not really. We got, you know, it's warm out. We're going to go fishing soon. We've talked about some um, events coming up. I don't know because, I mean, as of to February 27th, yeah. uh, you know, uh, there's still some, um, there's still a slot available. Um, nope. Thunder and lightning. February 27th, everybody. Um, uh, Toronto, Ontario. Um, there is uh, still a slot available for the Drift Outfitters host a trip to belize which i'm gonna be on yeah um i'm gonna be taking pictures and 
um, you know, being a, a helpful boat buddy to, to the guests. Um, obviously, we've soaked the internet in Belize content. Um, so if you want to enjoy that for yourself, I would go to driftoutfitters.com or email Rob at rob at driftoutfitters.com to learn more because uh, there's one slot left and we would obviously love to have a full trip. Um, I think it's going to be a good group of people and you get to see two different islands in Belize, which is really cool. And you're guided the entire time, which is also cool. And the last thing that's really cool, sorry, Mitch, I know this is long-winded, but it's May and you might be thinking to yourself, Belize in May? Why wouldn't I just fish here? Well, I'll tell you why, Mitch. Yeah. Migratory freaking tarpon, bro. <laughs> and why. it's also the peak season for permit, um, there you go. which is really cool. And we got probably seven to eight shots on permit a day yeah. when we were, if not more, when we were there. So if that, if that, if that's what low season is like, Think peak season is going to yeah. be crazy. A high season. Um, yeah. So we're going to start off at the same place that we started off, which is San Pedro. And then we're going to go to Placencia. And um, Placencia. Uh, so there'll be two different uh, locations, two different um, uh, lodges and guide guides that we're going to be going through. No. And um, you're guided the whole time. And me and Rob are there to, uh, you know, um, host you along the way. So, my God, please. And I'll be snapping your pics. So, my God, please come along. It's going to be super fun. My God, please. Please. My we God, beg of please. You. My God, please. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be a Canadian. Where do you get that info? Drift Outfitters? Driftoutfitters.com. Drift you don't have to be Canadian. You can be from anywhere in the world. Yeah. It just means your flight's different than us. <laughs> there you go. That's all. But we're all ending up in the same place. So it doesn't doesn't open to non-Canadians as well. Boom. All right. Well, there you go. Go go on. Go to Belize, why don't you? Uh, why don't you? And uh, and yeah, thank you, uh, everybody, for, for listening to this show. Uh, oh, 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 I have one thing. Yeah. Mitch, we surpassed 10,000 subscribers on, on the YouTube. Tube. So I just wanted to say thanks, everybody. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is really awesome. Uh, it feels great. Please keep sharing and liking and commenting and subscribing on the YouTube because uh, it's it's super cool for sure. Uh, so yeah, that is that is good. We'll have a beer, huh? Go celebrate. Huh? Yeah. We'll steak frites. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've been thinking about that lately. Oh, yeah? Frites. Well, I went to a new restaurant last night called Cafe Rene. Okay. And... Uh, it's a French bistro with yeah. uh, curiously 15 pasta plates uh, on the menu, but oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it's an awesome looking place uh, with uh, with steak frites. So maybe we can go there. Good pasta dishes at the French place. Yeah, we had some really banging. So hey, there you go. Banging, banging pasta last night. But um, you know, one of my favorite of... burgers is from an Italian restaurant here in Toronto. Gusto 101. So explain that one to me. You know, they make a wicked burger. Uh, so hey, you know. Well, the Italians make good burgers and the French make good pasta. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> well, go check that out. Shout out to uh, Renee's. Is that what it's called, Renee's? Cafe Renee, yeah. Shout out to Cafe Renee. Uh, and shout out to you for listening. Thank you so much. Shout out to Emily for coming on the show. And that's it for me, yes. Mitch Aldo. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Comb your hair. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.